If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, this is David Howard Thornton, Art the Clown himself from the movies Terrifier and the upcoming Terrifier 2. And you're listening to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. Kill you later. <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you? What, did you think he was going to hack me up into little pieces or something? In a world where zombies, ghosts, serial killers, and vampires all exist it's nico brian mike and dustin and they are all that stand between you and the films that could end the world welcome to the don't go out there horror movie podcast welcome back everybody to the don't go out there horror movie review podcast just want to thank all our fans and listeners we really appreciate all support before we jump into tonight's film review just want to give a quick shout out to our website don'tgooutthere.com it has all of our interviews, episodes, our celebrity shout-outs, our store, our blog. And it has all the links to our social media, which I'll shout-out as well. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just search Don't Go Out There on those platforms and you'll find us. And we're going to continue our guilty pleasure theme this month with Brother Mike's pick of Terrifier. And I'll do my quick general overview, then I'll let Mike get in it, why he picked this movie. Um Honestly, the first time I watched this movie, I thought it was god-awful the first time I watched it. Um, but after some watching some content on YouTube, listening to a couple podcasts about this movie, and with the most recent rewatch, I actually found myself enjoying this movie. Uh, go ahead, Mike. Why'd you pick this? All right. So, I have a lot of thoughts here. Okay. Now, I want to come out and say right off the bat that... I didn't enjoy it this as much this time around as I have in other previous watches. Um, its flaws stand out more significant for me. However, the reason this is a guilty pleasure for me and why I can still get enjoyment from it is because of Art the Clown, the character. Uh, I love that character. I think it's acted so well. I know that we were blessed to interview, you know, art himself but this was before that i'm a big big fan of the character uh i think it's played so well there's just enough to make me laugh but just enough to scare the shit out of me because i mean the character of art is disgusting okay and so i think it's a good character that could carry a good slasher franchise is this movie good T to me on its own no and part of the reason is because it doesn't really have a plot it's just, kind of, it's just kind of like a bunch of ideas thrown 
thrown together. Like the concept behind the movie, I think is good because I like slasher films. But the actual story inside this movie is 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 a little light to be you know nice about it. Um, the acting uh, outside of Art the Clown is is subject to interpretation, but it's uh, not my favorite thing ever. Um, <laughs> but the kills are great. I think so. Anyway, the gore is great. I think so. And again, I'm kind of, I will say this, this movie literally slaps just about everything I've ever said in the past in the face where I'm not a huge gore guy, but I think the way it's used here is good. Um, so again, a little bit of a contradiction of my own words, but it works for me in this movie and it has it in other movies. So, uh, yeah, I mean, again, I picked it because I can enjoy this movie for art, the clown. And that's why it's a guilty pleasure for me because I think the movie itself, eh, but the character that I think that we could take and make a really good franchise out of is, is worth the watch. Oh yeah. Brian, you go next, but before that, I just want to say if you enjoy just watching a slasher, and you enjoy great practical effects, yeah. you'll love art. You'll love Terrifier. Go ahead, Brian. Yeah, first of all, I never saw All Hallows' Eve, so this movie was my first encounter with Art the Clown. Um, if you haven't already, go listen to an interview with David Howard Thornton. He He's goes awesome. in depth. He goes in depth about his performance and talks about All Hallows' Eve as well. Um, so, so to be honest, I hated this movie the first time I saw it. Just like uh, Nico said. Um, this rewatch wasn't too much better. Uh, however, you know, knowing what happens and therefore being able to pay attention to more of like the technical aspect of it. Um, there's a lot of really good in this, you know, that I do like. Um, there's also a lot of stuff that's done really well. That's just not my cup of tea. Um, and there's also some really bad, in my opinion, like that, like, like the acting around art. But, you know, I'll say it. Um, I, I think David Howard Thornton carries this movie. Um, just like I said about Billy Zane, um, you know, with, with tales from the crypt last week, uh, with his performance. And, and I think that the practical effects are great. Um, I'll say what I don't like for the breakdown, but, uh, overall, you know, this one, I may end up grading more on like my technical feelings towards it because it's just not, it's just not enjoyable for me to watch this movie at all. Um, I still don't, I still don't really care for it on this watch. Um, I, I think art, the clown is a good character, you know, like Mike said, and, and DHT plays him great, but, uh, but that's about the extent of it. All right, so I remember when Terrifier was announced as the pick for this week. Nico, Mike, Brian, you all kind of were... I'm curious to see what Dustin's thing. You're torn. Dustin's going to love this movie. Dustin's going to hate this movie. You ready? I need, I need to take a deep breath. I hate this movie. <laughs> That's me being nice. Now, listen, I I, I know it, it's I know that I kind of have hated on some of y'all's movies before. Mike, not so much, honestly. If you go back, oh, I don't yeah. really hate on Mike's picks that much. Nope. But brother, you're getting it this week. So, oh, I have some negative things to say too. Just so we're clear, <laughs> outside of David Howard Thornton, there's nothing good to say, and I don't even say that. I'm going to take it a step further than what you said, Mike, because what you said is Art the Clown. If you put any other person in Art the Clown's position and uh, role in this film, I don't know that I would even enjoy it that much. Oh, absolutely. Because he is what made Art the Clown enjoyable in this film. Absolutely. Yes, his absolutely. Yes. His experience with you know his background 
uh, doing some mime work, which I learned when I was doing some research in the film. His facial expressions, his demeanor. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, I mean, the effects in this movie are good, but it's just gore for the sake of being gore. Right. There's no real storyline. There's no character development. It's just unnerving gore for 90 minutes. With And when you pair that with an acting with the acting to quote the ringer Johnny Knoxville's movie, the ringer I've seen better acting in pornos. And then <laughs> the script is ass. This movie could have used the Rob zombie script screenplay. That's probably true. Yeah. So I'm going to, when we go scene by scene, I'm going to have some positives to, to, to pepper in there to salt Bay on top of this. But Brother, this is this was not. I only watched this movie one time. Let's put it that way. Usually, when we do these things, I watch the movie three times. I watch it, you know, uh, at the beginning. Like usually, when we finish recording, I'll go ahead and watch the next movie, and then as we get closer, I watch it again. And then right before we record, I'll watch it that one last time and just hammer down my notes. I watch this movie one time, and unless it's to just you know, unless I'm hanging out with a girl. And I want her to get all freaked out and grossed out and just want to, you know, make her want to get closer to me and squeeze me. I'll probably never watch this movie again. That being said, I did not watch All, Hall- all Hallows Eve or All Hallows Eve 2 or the Terrifier short or whatever. So this was my introduction to the franchise as well. But I did research beforehand. I was curious. I was like, do I need to watch those first? Because I will. But then everything I saw online said, you do not have to watch this. You can watch this as a standalone and they're absolutely right. So don't worry about watching the other two. It's a different actor playing Arthur Clown anyway. Um, so if you do want to watch this after listening to this episode, do it. Because if I had to, you have to. But don't worry <laughs> about watching the prequels before this one. And let's, let's let's get to the shits, man. Let's get it. I never thought I'd see the day that me and Mike are actually on maybe on the same team. <laughs> well, I, well, I want to point out, before we start, I, I think Mike's jumping shift, just be honest with you. Well, I want to point out before we start, I, I enjoy this movie for David Howard Thornton and Art the Clown. That That is, I made that perfectly clear the first time I ever saw yes. it. And every time I've seen so the reason I can pop this in and enjoy it as a guilty pleasure is because I really like watching that character go. Like that, well, he, he does such a good job as that character. I want to see more Art the Clown played by him now everything around him now there's some good stuff that i that i actually might like a little more than you but there's not a ton like it's i'm not saying you know that it's Django unchained around him or anything uh, but wow. it's uh it's 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 you know i don't i'm not going to sit here and say it's the drizzling geese shits or anything either like it's well, there's it's a mixed bag and and i do want to i do want to preface the rest of my statements by saying I understand this is a guilty pleasure. So I'm not shitting on you for enjoying this because (laughs) I was critical of the movie. I picked for guilty pleasure, right? Like I didn't rate bones in a good film. So it's fine. It's fine. Uh, You know, we all like these for the, for the reasons that we like them. Uh, I'm just saying that it's not for me. And demon, demon night, you know, you, you know what you're going into with a uh, tales from the crypt you know, movie or episode. So 
I am a fan of that franchise anyway, so I enjoyed that one a lot. Enjoyed that too. Uh, Bones I like because of nostalgia. Me going in cold to this movie, not knowing That's anything fair. about it other than it's a clown movie or a clown slasher movie. I had nothing to, no reason to give it the benefit of a doubt like I did the other two that we've picked for Guilty Pleasure. So that's where I'm coming from. So it's not just pure hatred. It's just, I watched it and then I'm like, Jesus, ever loving Christ. Okay. (laughs) And that's totally fine, brother. That's not a problem. Uh, One more thing I want to say. My final two, what would you have rather watched, Dustin? This movie or or Jason X? Because that would have been my next choice. Oh my god! I will I will watch Jason X every day of the year <laughs> before I ever watch this one again. Let's put it that way. Hey, I and Jason X is a guilty pleasure because I know it's a terrible film, but I can enjoy the kills. The kills at least in that cool. one. At least in that one, we get Super Shredder Jason, and we also get the cool uh, sleeping bag kill. So and, hey, and you get a frozen face shattering. That's a great man. Exactly. The kills in that movie are great. Just everything else stinks to high heaven. All right, let's start Terrifier. <laughs> We'll be back in an hour and a half. We're going to review Jason X. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, they let him out of that damn freezer. Okay. First of all, why the fuck was he in space? Anyway, we'll do that another time. All right. Hey, did he take <laughs> hey, think he met Leprechaun up there or what? All right. All right. Sorry. 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 Let's go. We're off the rails. Yeah, and before, and uh, before we jump into scene by scene, um, I was actually uh, messaging what, one of our super fans of the show, Shan, and I, she had never seen Terrifier either, and I told her to check it out. And I told her, and like, you know, Dustin mentioned he went into this movie cold. I was like, before you watch this movie, I want to tell you, this is a slasher movie, but it has no slasher movie plot line. It's basically Art the Clown, a grindhouse movie. It's basically, he just it sees how gory it can get. So if you go into the movie knowing that, I think you'll enjoy it a little more. Because I think if you think it's going to be a slasher movie, you're going to be very disappointed. <laughs> yeah, this is a very grindhouse movie, no doubt about it. Yeah. And and I mentioned in our group text, I wrote down a lot of. I don't. I'm not saying Damien Leone is paying tribute to any other horror movies, but I wrote down a lot of references. I think I got or references that I picked up that I just felt like were nods to other ones, and I'll read those off later. But y'all ready to jump into scene by scene? Let's do it. Yep. Let's do it. All right, the film starts with an unseen person watching an interview with a woman who suffered a violent attack. The attacker was Art the Clown. His body, Art, disappeared from the coroner's office. Art breaks the TV and then applies his makeup while opening credits roll. Monica, the news reporter, is on the phone in her, her room, her dressing room, talking about how ugly the woman was, and she thought that she was going to be attacked by her. She turns when she hears these noises. She walks to her clothes rack because she she hits, she thinks she hears rustling in it, and then she is ambushed by the scarred woman. She gouges Monica's eyes out, killing her. Title card. Tara and Dawn are walking down the street after a party. They go they go to get in their car, but Tara says she can't drive either because she's lit. They now see Art the Clown staring at them with a trash bag in hand. They joke around, and he's disappeared now. They go into a pizza shop to sober up. Tara's phone dies, and Dawn takes a long piss, she says, and talks about guys some more. Then Art walks in and sits at a table across from them and stares at Tara creepily. He's smiling at her, waving and posing at her. She wants to get her food to go. Dawn asks for a picture with him and sits on his lap, and Art remains stoic. Steve, he tries to ask Art's order, but he ignores him. Art is set on Tara. He grabs a quarter off the table and buys a 25-cent ring and proposes to her 
And then he gives her a tip of the cap and then he goes to the restroom. They get their pizza and Steven says he'll take care of Art. Then Tara wonders what's in Art's bag. Steven throws Art out the shop and then Art gives, he waves goodbye as he leaves. All right, Brian, go ahead, brother. That was the first two scenes I got. Yeah, first off, I'll say Damien Leone did a great job with the design of Art. Um, I think he looks sadistic. I think he looks great. Um, and in a world where we've seen like plenty of iteration of sadistic clowns, I mean, I, I really like his choice to go with Art being like black and white. Um, not only does it show blood spatter really well, uh, it separates him further uh, from those clowns that I was talking about. Um that you know with his mind like you know not speaking really gives you like less of a joker or pennywise and more of like a charlie chaplin type vibe which to me makes it even creepier so that's a positive for sure um this may be an unpopular opinion but i think the beginning uh with victoria could be cut um you forget by the end anyway i don't think there's any sort of like big twist by you realizing it's the girl from the beginning so that's just me i think you could have done it done without it or just like have it at the end in chronological order um, and you know, this is me sound like an asshole, which I think I'm going to a lot during this, this one, but, uh, Monica's acting to me, it just felt like, it felt like a fan film in that regard. And if I'm honest, you know, uh, most of the acting in this feels that way. Um, now Don and Tara in certain scenes, you know, I, I think Catherine Cochran and Jenna Cannell that play them are good with the acting scared and terrified. I, I think that's believable, but it's like, it's the dialogue in the pizza shop and most of this film that's that's pretty cringy to me, to be honest. Um, other than that, the, the pizza place, I think is my favorite scene in this movie. Um, Thornton, I, I, I think does a terrific job. Um, they do a really good job of setting the, the atmosphere, um, that never really leaves after this, this scene. Um, you know, I feel like it really relies on that tension that it builds from here on out. Um, it's dark, it's foreboding. Uh, it's like this weight that just kind of sits on you the first time you watch it. Uh, and I think they did a really good job with that. Um, here's my other big problem with it. This entire movie character development, it's non-existent. Nobody really matters to you throughout this entire movie. Um, and I, I I think I've got that in my notes a couple of times. It's just that it's it's kind of frustrating with with some of the with some of the script choices. Um, lastly, I'll say the shit in the bathroom scene is absolutely disgusting. Um, blood, guts, whatever, but shit grosses me out, and that was fucking disgusting. But you know, this brings me to my last point. It's realistic. Um, and, and, you know, it adds to Art being a psychopath, which I really like how grounded he is as a character. That's why, spoiler alert, I hate the fucking supernatural aspect at the end of this movie. If they had just kept the dude grounded and a normal, crazy person, I think this would have been a much better movie to me and, and a much scarier one overall, to be honest. Brian, amen to that, brother. Like that, I'll save it for when we get to that because I have some some... Long, long thoughts on that. Uh, but that's just a preference. Okay, so I'll start out by saying that I agree with you. I like the design of Art the Clown. I think the black and white really, really works. It sets him aside from Pennywise as far as, you know, clowns within the horror community. And look, you know, there's been two different iterations of Pennywise within that. And this is just different. You don't get the hee-hee-hee, you know, that you get a lot from, like, even – you know, uh, killer clowns from outer space or whatever. Like you get a silent, like you said, like 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 a silent film clown. Like you really do get that vibe, and I think it's it adds to the creepiness level of art. So, and uh, again, you could have taken the beginning out. Completely agree with that because it really, it almost 
it's like it's there to to like fill the runtime. Like I really don't get oh, the yeah. purpose. Um, and you know, one disparaging thing I have to say about this movie is it's just kind of mean. Like I know that's something a lot of people say. I, I know that um, Dead Meat and all of them say that too as well. But it's just kind of a mean film. There's no like there is no moment of joy. I know it's supposed to be like a dark and and gritty film, but even from guys like Voorhees and Myers, you get like moments of, oh, wow, look at that. That was fucking cool. There is no cool in this movie. I mean, there's some funny scenes, but some of that, it's just David Howard Thornton's acting, you know, his facial expressions that we get in the pizza shop scene I'm about to get to. But, you know, just the, the, the TV anchor being mean and all that, it, it's just, I don't know. It, it, it kind of felt like filler to me. You could have cut it out completely and had a more precise, compact film. It didn't tie back into anything, at least not in this movie. Maybe it does in the sequel. I don't know. Um, so that was kind of, eh, for me upon the rewatch here. Um, I'll say the acting and the dialogue, but then, you know, between the two female leads, or so we thought, <laughs> and then, which is another thing I'll save for later, uh, between the two female leads and the pizza shop and even walking down the street and all that stuff, uh, it's not good. The acting is not good. Uh, I can yeah. believe that they're friends, I guess, but nobody talks the way they talk. So it's some bad acting. And look, I'm not an actor, so I really hate criticizing other people's acting because I have no idea if I'm good or not. But I also can say if I'm watching a pro baseball game and a guy throws a bad pitch, that's a bad pitch. That mean I can do that pitch, but it means I can tell by sitting on my fat ass over here that that's a bad pitch. I can tell that that's not well-written dialogue and that's not good acting. But I love that pizza shop scene because Art saves it. His facial expressions, the way he sits down is so good. And just the way he sits down does like the pretty princess face and he's smiling and he's mean and it's just deadpan stare at Tara. I love all that. It's so good. And I'll give a little bit of a positive here to the pizza shop guy. <laughs> so I think he's funny for whatever reason. Like he adds a little bit of levity to it. So not so much his coworker, but the, you know, the main pizza shop owner I'm a big fan of. Uh, I think he kind of adds something, you know, grounded. Uh, shit also grosses me out too, man. Like I'm not a fan of seeing shit on the walls and on the ceiling and stuff. So that's just really, really, really gross. In a movie that has a lot of gross gore, that was one of the grosser things to me. And I know that's just kind of the way I take, you know, my stomach takes stuff. But um, yeah, I think uh, there's, look, the beginning and even the, you know, the shit all around the room scene is kind of, eh, but I do like that pizza shop scene. I, I will give some positivity there where I just think it, it works really well. There's probably a reason they used it in all the promo material. <laughs> yeah. So the thing about this opening set of scenes is the, you know, all right, but I want to compose myself. The look of the woman, you know, when she's being interviewed and then that initial shock, I think that's a great initial shock to set the tone and prepare you for some shit that you're about to see in this film. Because when she's being interviewed and she's talking about how she wishes she were dead and then the camera shows her and she's all disfigured and, you know, her eyes are not there or completely fucked up. I think that's a great way to, to start the film and to uh, set the tone and also a great way to go ahead and show you the kind of practical effects you're going to get in this film because that's very good makeup work. I, I thought that, that was very well done 
considering how mangled she was supposed to be, supposedly was after the attack. Good job there. But the whole scene could have been like what I agree with you 100%, Brian. What is the point? What are we doing here? Because the movie is so goddamn disgusting the rest of the way that you forget all about, you know, who it really is by the time they reveal. They're like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, And so there's just no. And then also it's. I have a little bit of problem with the opening set of scenes, too, because it's kind of like what year is this film set in? Because he's watching this like 1984 Ninja Turtles TV and. <laughs> you know, the new set doesn't look like it's 2016 or, or whatever year it was. But later in the film, they've got iPhones. But then also when she's driving in the car, she's listening to like FM radio that looks like she's in a 99 Escort. Uh, so I th- th- there's some issues I have with what year the setting that they're trying to p- depict here. And so then when you find out, oh, it is modern day, I have a hard time believing that in 2016 or what it, you know, it's supposed to be present day that a guest from a show is going to be able to just sneak backstage and kill this woman without any security being, being around and being alerted of her screams or of the disturbance. So first of all, fuck yourself for that shit. Um, <laughs> anyway. And also why would she be going after the interview? I know she was saying some harsh things, but she was already going for her before she snuck backstage. Like, that's the reason she snuck backstage, right? Was to kill her. So at that point, she had no idea that the interviewer was going to go backstage and shit talk her appearance to her fiance. So she had no real motive to kill her other than the fact that she was just unhappy with the way she looked. In which case, there's other people to kill. Why would you agree to do this interview? Sorry, I know I'm hung up on that, but it just really bothered me. Um, you agree to do this interview and then you're just going to kill the woman. Okay. That being said, I love the opening sequence where Art is packing his bag with all his tools and all his uh, weapons because that's a great scene to show you, okay, this guy doesn't have a weapon of choice. He's just demented and will kill you with whatever he can kill you with. You know that from Jump Street because of how they show him packing his trash bag with all these toys. I thought that was great. And then, you know, then you get to Tara and Don, which... By the way, Tara, call me sometime. Um, Amen to get, that. Both of them. Call me anytime. Anyway. You get to them, and then, uh, you know, when he first shows up in the alley and he's just leaned up against the wall staring at him, that is the kind of unnerving that a horror film should have. I'm not creeped out by clowns at all. I have a really good friend who is terrified of clowns. It doesn't matter. It could be a cartoon clown, like a happy cartoon clown, and you send him a picture of it, and he'll freak out clowns don't bother me even diminutive clowns but the look on his face when he's staring at those two girls when they're leaned up against the car and he's leaned up against the wall and then they turn their head and he disappears yeah that's unnerving and so that's the way clowns should be depicted in movies and i love how he doesn't say a word in this entire film and it's the creepiest shit you've ever seen like that they have there's so much potential with the art the clown character which is why the movie pisses me off so bad so then you get to the pizza parlor, and I agree. I like the I like both of the pizza uh, parlor employees. I like the guy that comes over to take the order and how just fed up and ready to go home he is. I like the other guy's uh, demeanor, how he's like, oh, you know, later on he's like, oh, this is real sanitary. Have the guy that's preparing the food be the one that cleans mm-hmm. this shit up. Like I like both of those guys. Those two may be my favorite characters in the whole film, other than Art, of course. 
But, um, you know, the way the art just sits down and stares at those girls. I like actually uh, Don's acting in this because that's how drunk girls are, right? They become unaware of the danger that they're in, the imminent danger, and they just ignore their gut feeling of maybe this guy should creep us out. She's all like, oh, let's take a selfie and all this. I thought that was great drunk acting, but the dialogue was awful. When she's like, oh, this is the longest piss I've ever had in my life. Yeah. She's more sober than Don. Uh, anyway, she was that just pissed me off, too. So there, there's some good to sprinkle in here, but overall, it's just a very blah opening set of scenes. All right, Tara and Don walk back to the car. Don says he, def- he definitely whacked off to her in the bathroom. The car has a flat tire now. And uh, I wrote, of course, Don has a spare tire on the car already. Ramon complains about cleaning the shitty bathroom. Tara calls her sister Victoria to see if she can come pick them up. She decides she can when a couple barges in her apartment and starts to make out right beside her in their bed. Tara is on Art lookout as they sit in the car. She questions if Art slashed the tire. Back at the pizza shop, Ramon walks out front and sees Steven's head is now a jack-o'-lantern. Art cuts his hand in half as he reaches for the phone and then stabs his head. Art then stabs his head repeatedly. Dawn keeps saying she has nothing to worry about. Tara has to pee, and Dawn notices a guy walk out of a building to take a smoke break. He says he doesn't own the building, and he's not supposed to let anyone in, but he does let her in. I wrote, it's a dump. He's the exterminator. She looks in disgust at the bathroom, and I wrote, you better hover, sweetie. <laughs> back in the car, back in the car, Don listens to the radio and a breaking news announcement that two men in a pizza shop are dead. The suspect is Art the Clown. Car door opens and it's Art and she screams. Tara hears a baby crying as she leaves the bathroom and meets the cat lady, which I have a nitpick with her being called a cat lady. She thinks Tara is the new tenant and calls a doll her child. Tara walks off from her and sees Art in the lobby and she runs and she falls, of course. She hides amongst a bunch of cars in the warehouse as Art looks for her. She starts to creep away when she thinks Art is gone. She screams when she gets stabbed in her leg. Art gets on top of her, choking her, and starts to gouge her eyes. Then she stabs him. She runs and hides again. She grabs a piece of metal, and she throws it to distract him. All right, go ahead, Brian. That's the next two scenes I got. Yeah, so I appreciate the attempt at some sort of character building with that classic walk and talk and and again in the car. But, you know, Mike's already said this, but I'm going to repeat it again. I have zero acting experience, and so it always feels weird critiquing someone's. But look, it it was just the whole dialogue. It was either the dialogue or their deliveries. Something wasn't wasn't fluid. Maybe it was both of them. Um, The bathroom scene, again, made me want to puke. So props to them for that. I'm sure that that was the intended effect there. Um, The jack-o'-lantern, if I'm not mistaken, didn't DHT say in his interview on don'tgoother.com that – they felt that this was, I think, borrowed by Halloween 2018. Um, and if so, props to Leon and company for, for that, because that's an original idea that I thought was really cool in Halloween and, and was cool here, especially if it was theirs first. Um, the pizza guy's hand getting cut off, I, you know, looked a little fake. Um, 
the blood squirting out looks 70s effects to be honest um but the violence of it you know with him just stabbing his face i mean this this movie is definitely for gore fans again i'm not a wet blanket or anything but the over the top gore just doesn't do anything for me like it does some people and 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 again i'm not taking away from it because that was its intention and they definitely succeeded you know it's gross it's extremely violent and it does a good job of being you know almost help primal um fun fact in this little group of scenes while don is in the car the ambulance that drove by wasn't part of the set it was a real ambulance so it's kind of just a happy coincidence um again david howard thornton that carries this the acting around art just just it just isn't there for me but you know his performance himself carries this film and these these scenes in particular um I didn't really feel, you know, Tara's fear at the end of this scene like I should have. But, you know, like I said, maybe that's just me. Um, This chase just kept like dragging on and on. And I didn't feel the tension there like I should have felt. Um, And lastly, you know, I I mean, you can even see that Art's hands weren't around her neck while he was, you know, on top of her choking her. And and come on. I mean, he must have zero peripheral vision because, you know, she was very noticeable hiding right there behind the table and he practically looked right at her. So, um, I just, I, to me, not a very good group of scenes are there. Yeah. So this is probably the set of scenes I have the least amount to say about because I don't really, not a whole lot happens. And again, to kind of piggyback off something Brian said, there is an attempt to do some character development. Uh, it just didn't hit with me. And it kind of seems like, Walk and talk is a has become its own horror trope. Yeah. Uh, as as far as character development goes, it's in every Halloween movie, and you know it kind of becomes self aware that this is the walk and talk scene. And I don't know, I just kind of felt like that was this, maybe not even on purpose, but it is a trope for a reason, I guess. Um, it just didn't work for me. The dialogue doesn't work. Uh, oh wow, I, I the spare tire is already on the car. Like I don't know, didn't work for me. Um. And again, I don't necessarily hate these two characters per se, because it's really hard to criticize slasher movie characters. Like, right. Like just as far as they're on screen to get killed for the most part, but I need something to invest in. And I can already tell I'm not going to need to invest in these two that much. So I'm like kind of waiting on something to kind of stick my teeth into other than art himself. Um, so as far as, you know, going back to the pizza shop, I, I think the Jack Leonard kill is really cool. You know, the, the after effects of it anyway, and very, very Halloween 2018. It's not the only, it's not the only two movies I've ever seen it in, if I'm not mistaken either. So again, just like a really cool effect. And I think the way that, you know, art goes over the top with it, as far as like even carving pumpkin lines in his head, if you really go back and look the detail that they used on that with the effects is really, really good. So Props to the effects department for the shoestring budget they had to get the effects out of it. That's, I mean, that's where all the money went right there, man. Cause that, I think it's really well done and not so much, you know, the blood and everything in the, in the other death scene. But like you said, stabbing him in the face over and over again, it reminded me, uh, somehow this movie gets brought up more than it should, but it, I'm just telling you what it reminded me of Halloween two, Rob zombie, <laughs> where Michael Myers is stabbing what's-her-name from the help over and over. Octavius, well, uh, yeah, that lady. He is stabbing and stabbing the nurse over and over again. That's kind of what it reminded me of, the brutality. Except this was to the face. Like, I thought it was a really, really brutal kill. A little over the top, but didn't necessarily bother me like most over-the-top gore does. Um, I'll be honest. This chase scene just, I, 
I could take it or leave it. I thought it was too long, uh, a little too unbelievable. Just a lot of, and now we're adding more characters that I don't really care about. And some of it kind of feels like to just fluff that movie out some, like we talked about earlier, where I feel like you could have kept it a really a, a smaller cast than it already was and found a better movie in it. And everything about the chase scene and stuff just didn't really hit for me. So I don't have a lot of notes on it. There's a couple other scenes coming up that I actually do like, but uh, this set of scenes is just kind of forgettable for me. Yeah. So I agree. The exterminator scene or the exterminator himself was one of the worst actors I've ever seen in my life. His uh, delivery. And I don't mean this to be offensive. If he ever stumbles upon this, just keep working at your craft because you ain't there yet. Um, and okay. Why would they go? Why wouldn't they just go back in the pizza place? If they realize that they got a flat tire and blah, blah. I understand arts there, but also there's other guys there. It's well lit. They're an open place of business. Your best chance of survival is probably in a public place, not sitting in your car on a sidewalk when there's a psycho clown anyway. Um, but the jack-o'-lantern was a great optic. I mean, that was, I remember seeing that and just be like, holy shit, that's cool. Like, that's well done. That's great effects there. And the shock of him, you know, he's coming out of the bathroom. The guy's not answering. You already assume he's dead, but how is he dead? This is the rare occasion of an off-screen kill still being fantastic. Because if we see him cut his head off, it takes away from the shock of seeing him with candles in his eyes and looking like a jack-o'-lantern. So I thought that was very well done. Uh, but then, you know, when he, when he gets killed, when his hand gets cut off and he gets stabbed in the face, I get it. They're trying to drive home the you know, psychosis or, or the uh, sociopath nature of Art the Clown and just showing how relentless he is and how he'll stab him in the face so many times. But this is one of those instances where it's just gore for the sake of being gore. You're just trying to have that shock factor and that nasty factor. Well, you succeeded, but at what cost? Uh, both bathroom scenes are disgusting, right? When he goes in the bathroom at the uh, at the parlor and there's shit and blood everywhere, that's disgusting. He writes his name on the wall and shit or blood or mixture of both. I'm not sure what that was. That's gross. But then also when she goes in the bathroom and she's expected to just take a piss in this building, dear God, man, that's I wouldn't want to. I'd rather piss in the street. Um, <laughs> but what? You know, why did she wander around the building instead of just going back the way she came? If she knows her friend is outside and she knows her sister's on the way, why would she just go wandering around this building and stumble upon this cat lady who, to me, that whole interaction was weird? Like, I get it. She's supposed to be weird, but it just fell out of place. Like, like you said, Mike, you're introducing characters when I already don't care about the characters we have. Let's bring more characters into the fold. Now, the reason they did it was to set up that Buffalo Bill scene, you know, Silence of the Land Buffalo yeah. Bill scene later in the yeah. film. So you needed someone to do that. But you're about to get into a scene that's just goddamn disgusting anyway. You could have used that body. That's a character that we didn't, you know, we've already been introduced to. You could have just used her body parts to do that scene. And it still would have been just as effective. You didn't have to introduce this weird-ass lady who has a porcelain doll I honestly, when I saw this movie, because I still didn't know what direction we were taking this film. I thought we were about to introduce a second killer, and it was going to be uh, uh, what was that movie we watched where the the doll is the is alive, 
and he's living in the walls. I thought it was going to be another one of those. The boy, that's the one. I thought that the, the doll was going to be possessed and come alive and start killing people too. It couldn't have made the movie any worse. Um, and then, yeah, the cat, and, the cat and mouse game went on too long for Art's trying to find her, and he can't find her, even though literally all he had to do was turn his head one click to the right. and Oh, there you are. She was not hiding. She's directly to his right. And then somehow when she throws something, he turns back to the left. My thing is when I'm looking for something and I hear a noise, if I already know what's to my left, I'm probably going to turn to the right just to the, you know, so I've got a 360 view of the room. Maybe that's why I'm not a psychotic killer clown. I don't know. But uh, this set of scenes sucked. All it did was really just bridge the gap to get us to where we're going. There's no real point. There's no, well, you can say that about a lot of scenes in this movie. There's no real point, no real storyline. But this set of scenes in particular just drug on a little too long. All right, Victoria's on the way to pick them up and hears on the radio about the, the two pizza shop guys' death. Tara takes off running and sees the front door has been chained and locked. She goes upstairs to find the exterminator, but Art grabs her as she screams for help, but he can't hear because he has headphones on. Then Art sedates her. She's now in a chair bound up. Art is beside her looking at weapons to use. He taunts her with a small hatchet and a hacksaw. And now I wrote this. I wrote, now it's the scene. He reveals Dawn hung upside down naked. He saws her in half from her vagina all the way to her head. Tara squirms and fights to get out of the chair as Art indulges in cutting her in half. She gets out the chair, slaps Art, and stabs him and runs off. She hides with a block of wood as a weapon. Art is back on the prowl. She gets behind him and hits him with the block over and over. She trash talks, and as she goes to hit him again, he shoots her in the leg. The cat lady comforts her doll as she hears the screams. Art shoots Tara again. And I, I, he gets he gets upset and walks off when he runs out of bullets. And I think it's so funny just how inconvenienced he feels by that. Victoria arrives to the building now and can't get in. She calls Dawn's phone, then texts it. Art says, come around back. Art gets the phone and takes a selfie with Dawn's cut in half body, then shoots Tara in her head in the head repeatedly. Cat Lady looks at Art and he gives the menacing smile in the finger wave that everyone knows. All right, go ahead, Brian. Uh, I will say this uh, as a positive, and I know it's probably lack of budget, but it, it worked in their favor. But the singular location uh, for the majority of this movie, I, I think, really helps build that atmosphere I was talking about earlier. Um, it helps kind of you know pin you in and kind of give you a little bit of a claustrophobic feel. Um, I, I do like that, so that is positive. All right, uh, so let's talk about this fucking disgusting cutting her in half scene. All right. First off, as much as I talk shit about Tara's acting when she when she's tied up, she's genuinely comes across as scared. And, and I think she really did a good job there. I want to give her, her props. Um, obviously, the effects were amazingly done. You know, it, it made me feel how it was supposed to squeamish. And I, and I think everyone knew when this was filming that it was going to be the one scene that puts this movie on the map somewhere. Um, you know, I'm not going to shit on it. I mean, I, I know that over-the-top gore like that, the hostile torture porn stuff does it for some people, but it, it's just for me, it's not my thing. So this is what I was talking about earlier when I said, you know, stuff that's done well, but this not, it's just not my thing. Um, I get why it's in there. Uh, without it, I don't think that people are really talking about this film that much, to be honest with you. Um, you know, and talk about frustrating, you know, I, I, 
Tara had a chance to kill the dude or, or you think, and, and, and doesn't do shit. And I, I know that's a horror movie trope and I'd say it in any movie. So it, it just didn't feel like realistic that Tara wouldn't have killed him there. And, and if, and you know, if she wanted to get out, then why have him just, you know, beg him to get up after beating his ass with a piece of wood. And okay. If the dude is supernatural, supposedly, they aren't consistent at all with his quote unquote powers. You know, yep. he's he's a weak, he's a weak ass dude. He gets bitch slapped in the scene by Tara, but then gets stabbed with no effects. And he's super strong in other ones. And I just I just don't think that that's great writing, to be honest. Um, the sudden gunshot thing gave me Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom vibes. So if you know, you know. But I, I don't I don't think I was a fan of it here. I understand what they were trying to do, but to me, like this is my least favorite kill in the movie. I'll say Art Art being frustrated that he was out of bullets, like Nico said, was pretty funny. But but her still being alive, I mean, it's like she's a fucking Terminator after all that. I mean, that's just, I don't know. I wasn't buying it. Um, I'll, I'll say the effects with the gunshots were good, but I would say that those repetitive shots and, and it plays to what Dustin was talking about with gore for the sake of being gore. And I think that that would be unnecessary in most movies, not just this one. Okay. <laughs> Here we are at the scene, I guess. Uh, one Tara made it really easy to catch, to have herself be caught. So that was kind of frustrating. It's, it's one of those dumb horror movie cliche moments that I didn't really care for, but you know, that's, that's kind of a nitpick. I mean, we knew that, her and Art were going to interact again eventually anyway, so who cares how it happens. Um, okay. This scene. So I'm a little, no pun intended, split on this on hey this scene. Hey, like that. I'm a little split on this scene because I do think, as grotesque as it is, um, one, the effects look great, to me anyway. The way the intestines kind of spill out. Yeah, that's this scene's gross if you've never seen it. So maybe stop right here go watch it or not it's up to you but i mean to saw a woman from vagina to to top of the head it's kind of gross man i'm not gonna lie it's it's a little much even for me but david howard thornton's acting in this scene makes it for me he's getting this sick sadistic pleasure from it uh he thinks it's funny you know he's a clown so there's something about that 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 psychology of it that I actually enjoy. Again, you could have done that in a different way, obviously, but like Brian mentioned, I think that the people that made this movie knew that this was the scene that was going to get people talking about this movie. Because I remember, you know, hearing about it, you know, being on Netflix, and I finally got around to watching it. But one thing I was warned about was there's a scene might want to be a little careful about when you get there. And I'm going to just assume that that's the scene everyone was talking about was this one. Um, So again, I'm torn on it because I think it's a little over the top, obviously, but I don't hate it. Like I think it had, it serves its purpose. And I, you know, I've also listened to other people talk about this movie and, you know, we kind of reference dead meat a lot on this show because he, he, you know, he does good work, you know, you know, tip of the cap, you know, him and him and Chelsea on their podcast, they reviewed this movie and kind of broke it down and, they kind of jokingly mentioned that the reason he killed her that way was because of the way she came and sat on his lap <laughs> and how he, he, he killed her that way because of that, you know, and then he took a selfie with her later, like all that, like there's some psychology behind that 
to art. I think they said that in a joking way, but I could actually see that making a little sense where he kind of started at the top of her lap and went all the way down to her head. I think there might be some sick art, sadistic stuff in that. And again, the, you know, the, the facial expressions of, of David Howell Thornton throughout these, you know, little set of scenes here. It's really good. The back and forth with him and Tara doesn't necessarily bother me too much. Like Brian said, there's a chance where Tara would have had, you know, ha- ha- had a had a really good shot to kill Art. But knowing what we know is coming, it honestly doesn't affect me now. It did the first time I saw it, but it doesn't affect me now because we know what's what's upcoming. And so that kind of doesn't bother me as much now in hindsight. Now, a big, big negative about this movie for me started with the gunshot scene. I'm not, and and I think I'll have a little bit of a disagreement here with du- with Dustin for something he said earlier. I do like that he has a smorgasbord of, uh, a smorgasbord of weapons. I, I, I agree with you on that, but I'm not a fan of my slasher villains having a gun. There's something just so much more personal about a knife or an axe yeah. or a hammer or whatever, an ice pick, you know, the fucking, the whole set of dentist movies is, you, you know, he, the way he kills people is more personal. Something about a gun is just sort of blah. It reminds me of the purge movies where everything is guns. And so just to see art kind of be like, ah, you, I'm not having fun with you anymore. Bang, bang, bang. And kind of take care of her that way. That shows that he's willing to like, say F it, I'll do whatever it takes to kill. But there, that kind of, he kind of loses some of that slashery charm, if that makes sense with me and having the gun. Now the effects look good, but eh, a gun by a slasher villain, just not my cup of tea. I agree with you actually. So you said you disagree. No, we're, we're in complete agreement on that because, you know, slashers, I don't want them to have guns either. I mean, hell, uh, remember the crazy. I said, give me more pitchforks, like anything other than guns. But I'll get to it in a second. So let's start at the start of the set of scenes. I don't have a whole lot to add other than what you said, uh, or both of you guys said, so I'm not going to go on too long here. One thing I do, one lingering question that I have, though, is where the hell is he buying these hacksaw blades, and how strong is that damn hacksaw? Have you guys ever used oh, a hacksaw? It, they are not that strong. No, sir. Yeah. I, I would put a great deal of money on it that you cannot go down to your local Ace Hardware, Home Depot, Lowe's, wherever, purchase a hacksaw, and saw through human bones. Nope. If you get through one bone, guess what? You ain't making it through another. This motherfucker saw through her vagina all the way to her skull, and it didn't crack once. Miss me with that shit. I've used a lot of hacksaws in my life. Anyway, okay. Let's regroup. I do love the scene, though. Okay. Where I did say that I don't like my slashers to have guns, here's why it works here. Because he is annoyed. He's been having fun this whole time. He's not faced any adversity this entire movie. Then shit starts going against him. He's been stabbed in the leg. He's had uh, things go against him. He thinks she might be the one that gets away. Fuck that. I'm not having done with it, but or I'm not having fun with it, but you're not going to live. That's why I think it works because David Howard Thornton's acting. You could really tell Arthur Clown was pissed off and annoyed here. It wasn't like it was just, well, this is how you're going to die. It was like, okay, I give up. You're dead anyway. 
And so you could, I like what Nico said. He, you truly felt like he felt inconvenienced. He was annoyed that he had to go into another uh, room and get another clip. It's like, Jesus Christ, can you just die already? That's what he was portraying without saying a word. That speaks volumes to his acting in, in, in this, you know, I can't say enough positives about him in this film. So I, won't, I do want to say that. And now the last thing I'll say on this set of scenes. <sighs> okay. This scene where he saw her in half. This is, this is what I meant by we didn't really need the cat lady because if you just wanted to have that scene where he's prancing around with wearing a woman's body parts with his wiener tucked and a wig on, you could do it with Don's body, right? Like you don't need to introduce another character that I don't care about. You could just, he could have cut her boobs off and wore them around because he already cut the rest of her up pretty good. I do think that the practical effects were great. The intestines spilling out, like you said, the look of when she's split in half and you get a look inside her uh, hips or her, you know, inside her womb area. And you get to see the the way that they mock that up to look like a, a real human body. I did think it was very, very well done. However, what you said earlier about torture porn is 100% true. If that's your thing, that's your thing. That's fine. I'm of the belief, though, I'm of the mindset that torture porn is not my thing, but it can work if the story's good. Look at Hostel. That's a good story. Like I, 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 be, I script has to be I will, good. Yeah. I will watch Hostel. It has a good screenplay. I will watch all of the Saw movies anytime they're on. I love that franchise. The story's good. You can have over-the-top gore as long as that's not your bread and butter. It's got to be your, it's got to be your pickle chips. It's got to be your, uh, it's got to be your, your salt and pepper. It's got, it can't be the main course. So that's where I'm at with this set of scenes. I don't need to see her get salt in half because the rest of the movie is just not good enough to make up for that shock. Or the cat lady sneaks up on the exterminator and says there's dead people downstairs, but he's not buying it and thinks she's crazy. He storms off from her. He goes downstairs and he hears Victoria calling out. And so he turns around and he gets a hammer bashed to the head from Art. His coworker Will is on the phone, but Art bashes the phone and breaks it. And I wrote down Vicky, but it's Victoria. Vicky is calling for the two ladies. The cat lady freaks out when she sees the doll is missing. Vicky is now wandering through the warehouse. Cat Lady sees Art holding her doll like a baby. He tells her to hush. She asks if there's any kindness in him or felt a mother's touch. Says the doll is all she has. She caresses his face and holds Art towards her. Will, the other exterminator, shows up now. He goes straight to voicemail. Victoria still hasn't called the police, but calls Dawn's phone. She follows the ringtone and finds Dawn, Dawn's body cut in half. She runs off and calls her Tara. With her phone light, she finds a cat lady scalp and like her breasts are cut off. Art is posing as a hurt Tara now, but we quit with a, but he's equipped with a woman's body and he's after her. Victoria hides in a cabinet. <laughs> I wrote just like like Dustin said, Art is prancing around Buffalo mm-hmm. Bill style and looks at the cabinet she's hiding in. Art, of course, finds her. We hear a car horn now. Art walks off to find what's what's going on. Will uses the key under the mat to get inside. He calls for Mike, but is distracted by bloody footsteps on the ground. You get a false scare when a mop falls over. He picks up the bloody doll, 
Then Art stabs the top of his head. He then saws his head off. And now he just looks at the decapitated head. All right, uh, Brian, that's the next two scenes they got, and the next two are the ending. So this group of scenes is where I've I've had enough of the cat lady character. Um, you know, and I almost feel like that, you know, they just needed some other another character to just have some dialogue in this movie. Otherwise it's it's almost pure Charlie Chaplin, just silent movie. I mean, there's just not a whole lot of dialogue in here. Um, which obviously by the dialogue, that's not a, such a bad thing. Um I just I didn't care for the cat lady at all. I I didn't feel like she needed to be in this movie. The whole scene with Art in the basement with the doll while Victoria is just wandering around. This whole part just feels like it was added after the fact because to me it just doesn't fit. You know, and I don't know if that's true or not about it being inserted, but that's just the way it came across to me. Um, Again, DHT does a great job here, though, conveying he conveys so much emotion in the scene and without even saying a word. So, again, more props to him. Um, Again, Victoria shows up here and is the final girl. Spoiler alert. But I, I don't care anything about her. I don't care anything about these characters almost at all. They're just mindless kills to me, especially at this point. Um, and, and, you know, I don't know why you don't just have Tara be the final girl. I mean, you at least have some sort of character building with her. I mean, there's not much, but it's more than Victoria by like 40, 45 minutes of this movie. So, you know, like, and so like when it cuts back to Victoria after the cat lady thing, I was like, oh yeah, she's still up there just walking around. So, I mean, it's just. You know, and then Art comes out. I wrote the same thing you guys did, Buffalo Bill style, wearing Catwoman's tits. Honestly, I wish I had remembered that scene for Thornton's interview because I would have loved to have just asked him about it because my man's wearing those boobs for a significant amount of time in this movie. And uh, I'm I'm kicking myself for not asking him about it in that interview. By the way, don't go out there.com. Listen to it now. Um, Lastly, you know, I appreciate the effects uh, with cutting the exterminator's head off. Um, everything looked great. My only nitpick is, is what I always have with decapitations in movies. If, if he would have been using that, that, that saw, okay, I can buy that. Uh, because, you know, we have this, this fluctuating strength stuff, but I feel like he cut through his head way too easy with this knife, you know, despite the sawing and the amount of blood was good with the initial hit, but it was like the blood totally stopped after he cut his head off, just like it was just sealed up. Um, and, and honestly, it looked, it looked fake once he, you know, tore his head off. So, uh, that's my only nitpick there. The second set of scenes here, there's just not a whole lot that I have to say because some of this stuff really, really drags. And I'm like the rest of you where I'm kind of annoyed with this cat lady. Uh, I don't think it's a character that really adds anything. Now we'll say there's some good acting in here or as, as far as the back and forth goes between her and art, the clown, you know, the kind of like the mommy thing and the thought like, there's some stuff that's okay. I just feel like it's too long. And we're, we're, this is very unstereotypical. So I hate to critique it too much, but we're introducing another character after we've killed the two main characters in the movie. We're introducing another character to be the final girl, one we have no investment in. Uh, that makes zero sense. So if your point of this movie was for Art the Clown to be the star, Okay, fine. Who cares? They're stock characters. We're here for the kills, right? But as far as the story goes, does anybody care about Victoria's survival? Is that something we've sunk our teeth into? No. And so I just don't see why 
why they went that direction. I know eventually you probably had to kill Terra, but I don't know. It seems like another showdown between Terra and Art makes more sense because at least if she gets away once, I'm invested in that because you know Art's going to be pissed if, you know, if, if, if somebody gets away. So I'm just not a fan. This stuff drags. Uh, but again, this thing is a roller coaster. There's some good at the beginning, then there's bad, and then there's some good, and then there's some bad, and then there's some good and bad here at the end. And so that's kind of why I don't have a ton about the set of scenes. I just don't think that they're necessary. I think that that another time right here where this is added just to make sure they hit their runtime <laughs> of how I think it's like 88 minutes or something. Like they just had to hit that. And that's what some of this is here for. And I'm just not a fan. Ditto. So the exterminator and cat lady, they both suck. Like I don't care about either one of them. Neither one of the, I mean the cat lady, I guess acted okay for being a crazy cat lady, but I don't care about her character. So I didn't care about her acting. The exterminator just sucked as an actor. And then why wouldn't he just like, I'm sorry, but, if I'm working in a building and someone comes up to me and say that there's someone downstairs killing people, I might at least check it out. Maybe like you're just going to blow her off and then shove her to the ground. Like that's a little harsh. Um, the hammer to the head was fucking brutal though. I actually did appreciate that. I don't know why, but damn, that got me when he's just whacks him in the head with a fucking hammer. Although that was cool. Uh, the cutting off the head, I think it was great effects. I get what you're saying, Brian, about how he went through it too easily. It was too quick. And then the blood just kind of stopped. Uh, but I do want to give them credit, though, for what they did. I mean, for this to be such a low-budget film and to pull off that effect as well as the others that they've already... I mean, that I think they did a great job, especially uh, with that scene because they could have CGI'd. They could have made it look a lot cheaper and a lot worse than they did. I thought they, they pulled it off. Uh the prancing, uh, yeah, boy, the prancing, man, did he look comfortable doing that? Almost forgot and, that happened. Like that's how irrelevant that scene was to me. I'm sorry, the acting is good, but anyway, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, yeah, no, no, no. I agree that, and I, I it all could have been cut from you know because that means the cat lady wouldn't have been in the movie, so I'm good with that. But I think that when you're trying to really depict and portray how crazy art is it goes a long way because this guy is fucked in the head he is not just hell-bent on killing people he's not just you know someone with mommy issues which you saw earlier uh before he killed the cat lady where he felt like he needed the mommy's touch or whatever she was trying to sell him on he's not just someone that can't talk or that you know doesn't talk for whatever reasons this guy is fucked and it's a it's a multi-layered issue that he that he's facing. This just adds to it. This adds to the great and you get to see, like I said, how natural he looked while he's prancing around with that lady's boobs on and her her scalp on, uh, with his wiener tucked between his legs. Like he looked comfortable doing that. That speaks volumes to David Howard Thornton's acting. Like that was incredible. Um I don't ever want to see it again at all, ever. <laughs> once in my life. But it was it was very well done. The uh, I agree with something you said, Brian. That I actually didn't, and this is the reason I wanted to go last tonight was because I was I was genuinely curious about how you guys felt about some of these scenes. 
And you brought something up when you went that I completely agree with. I kind of wish they would have reversed the roles of who the final girl was. I think it might, it would have probably been way more effective had uh, Victoria been the one that as she's arriving, you know, is when Art is chasing Tara and then Victoria kind of walks in and gets killed in front of Tara. I think that could have been yeah. more effective because then you get to see, you know, and then keep the ending the same way. Keep the ending to where she's the final girl. She gets her eyes gouged out, but she survives. That would give her more of a motive, I think, because her sister got killed right in front of her. Like she saw her die when she was coming to just pick her up. She's the one she feels guilt for endangering her because it's her fault that, you know, her sister is supposed to be home studying. So I think that would have been a very much more effective uh, uh, ending to have that kind of reversed and have Victoria being the one that's just killed upon arrival. Uh, that's just my opinion. I, I agree with what you said there, Brian. All right. The next two scenes are an ending. Uh, Victoria exits the cabinet. She tries to escape and we see Art riding this little bicycle. She hides by a car and starts to crawl. She notices the bike has been abandoned. Art sneaks behind her and, and you know, and grabs her face with a piece of plastic wrap. She gets free and grabs a large spike and rams it into his foot. He, he shoots a bird as she runs away. Mike, the exterminator, is still alive and crawling on the steps. Victoria finds Tara's dead body in a chair with like Halloween lights and a circus sign. Art sneaks behind her and he has his whip with like knives and stuff like that on it and whips her and it lacerates her repeatedly. Mike, he bashes Art from behind. They walk off into another room. Mike seems, I wrote, Mike seems all right from his blunt head force trauma. He calls the police. He's got the dumbest 911 responder ever. He says his truck is outside and they're going to the ER, but the door's locked still. Art attacks him and then crushes his skull with head stomps. Victoria grabs a piece of steel to break the lock, but Art grabs her. She stabs his eye and runs off. She goes into the room that says keep out. Art grabs her hair, but she gets away. He honks his horn at her to mock her. He disappears when he can't get through the door. She hears the police sirens and gets close to the door, but Art drives a truck through. Th- she, he drives a truck through the door, hitting her. He begins to eat her face, but the police show up. Art turns around and sticks the gun in his mouth and shoots himself. The cop notices Victoria is still alive. They get Art to the coroner. He complains. The coroner he complains about how much he has to do, so he asks for them to bring him some breakfast. And I wrote, I've never seen such a dirty coroner's office. As he opens Art's body bag, the lights start to flicker as he appears to still be alive. Art grabs him by the throat and strangles him to death. One year later, at the emergency room, we see Victoria is the attacked woman from the news interview at the beginning. And then I just wrote, you get quick flash cuts to Art in the end credits. All right, that's the ending, Brian. Go ahead, brother. What are your thoughts? I don't have a lot, but they're pretty strong thoughts. Um, look, uh, I'll say Art flipping off Victoria made me laugh a little bit. But, you know, her her running, quote unquote, scared. I'm sorry. It was not convincing acting at all. It was just this little, like, jog around the building. Um, she does a good job showing emotion when she finds Tara, but that's the only time you really see much fear or, or anything really from her. Um, I mean, until she starts getting bull whipped by that thing, which was, which was pretty, pretty, pretty brutal. I, I liked that actually. Um, they should have gone with that thing instead of the, uh, shooting, um, shooting Tara death, but that's just my call. Um, 
right after that, you know, she's being walked around. She does a good job of portraying, you know, going into shock some. So I'm definitely trying to give her a little bit of props here and not just tear her down. Um, but it's just so it's so up and down because that whole scene where he's like honking the bicorn and she's saying, get away from me. That that to me was terrible. Um, look, just bluntly, I hate the ending. Um, personally, this is the Buster Rhymes Halloween Resurrection Roundhouse. It's the film killer to me. And and I just I, I did touch on it earlier, but I'm gonna vent again. I feel like you've spent this entire time somewhat grounding this movie in reality. Um if you don't want to kill art, just don't kill art. But the whole supernatural aspect is again the biggest turnoff to me and the creative decision that I disliked the most. Um the whole corner scene just to me like just felt cheesy and because now he's suddenly an undead and now he's like super strong enough to hold this doctor with one hand. I don't know. Get the fuck out of here. I, I just, I don't feel like this ending worked whatsoever. Yeah. So kind of like you where there's not a ton that I have to say, but I want to really, really, really hammer my point home. Um, I think the Victoria now, as much as I disagreed with her being in this film at all, pretty much, uh, I think that she's an okay final girl as far as, you know, standard, typical final girls go. Like, I don't... Hell, she she might have some of the better acting in the movie as far as the side characters go, away from art. Like, when she finds terror, she does a good job of genuinely displaying being upset about that. So I, I will say there's a little bit of an investment back to a character that we're supposed to invest in. So at least there's some kind of story when it comes to that. But there's just, you know, some of the back and forth between the two. They do a good job with some of the suspense and the way they shoot it. For the budget they had and the, you know, kind of the scene locations and stuff where some of that wouldn't normally be scary. I felt like the way they lit it and stuff. I enjoyed the, not the whole chase because again, sometimes that stuff can go on way too fucking long in any movie. Uh, So... That's kind of happens here, but I think some of the back and forth is okay. Uh, but I got to tell you, the ending really upset me the first time I ever watched it. And the reason I say that is because, like you, Brian, you have a grounded slasher villain, as grounded as they can get anyway, as grounded as a gross you know, 1920s clown makeup-wearing guy can get. But to make them supernatural... I mean, at this point now, we know this is a supernatural being almost. And I found that a little disappointing because to me, that's just not as scary. Uh, that does. And then maybe it's because of my, you know, my b- beliefs, but a real psychopath dressed up as a clown is 30 times more scary than, yeah, than you know, a supernatural element to the character. Like, the reason Michael Myers works is because there's both and you don't know the line. You know what I mean? Like the original intent of the character anyway, not where they ended up with it with, you know, Samhain and all that stuff. But you get a groundedness to the Michael Myers character. I felt art kind of had that. And, you know, there's a way to do supernaturally thing like where, where Jason Voorhees is basically dead. That works for that character. But this just didn't work for this man like it really really bummed me out when i saw that happen and the stuff in the corner's office and other people pointed this out that's the worst looking corner's office i've ever fucking seen i mean (laughs) that's like an attic or a basement or 
whatever, bomb shelter, you know, whatever the fuck. Like, it is not, it's no corners office I've ever seen. And how any sick fuck can eat bacon while working down there makes zero sense. Um, <laughs> just being honest, that's fucking gross. Uh, I, so again, the ending really puts a damper on it for me because I, it feels like I've had a lot of criticism towards a movie that I picked as a guilty pleasure. I want to reiterate, I still think it that this movie works more than it doesn't work. I'm just nitpicking it because it's a guilty pleasure. And I watched this movie for Art the Clown. And there is a lot of really, really, really good Art the Clown in this movie for me. That's why I enjoy it. I almost like separate the ending of the movie from the rest. Because that really, really did bum me out the first time I saw it. Where I'm like, man, I don't want this guy to be Pennywise. He's just a crazy son of a bitch. And I think that works so much better. And the ending, and then he shoots himself. It's like, it's really, really messy. I'm just not a fan. And then the very, very end, I don't like any of that. Like, you could cut that stuff out and and and, and leave it on the cutting room floor. But I just, I don't know, man. It, it, it kind of ruins some of the stuff that I really like about this movie. And that's Art the Clown himself. But the acting, no doubt, still, still, you know, is really, really damn good. Yeah, I'm just going to keep mine kind of short and sweet here. Uh, it sucks. So I do, I really like, man, I just, I hate that David Howard Thornton was wasted on such a shit movie because he acted his ass off. Much how I said about Bones that there's a good story there. You could do something better with it if it was rewritten and just, you know. Absolutely. I think Art the Clown could be an all-time slasher villain, especially if you continue to cast David Howard Thornton. However, this ain't it. One of the things that when I'm watching this movie, while it's going on, I actually had to myself, I was like, this one huge positive, huge positive, is how all of this is 100% believable. And they wrecked that huge positive with the ending. What, what? Why? Why? Why do the supernatural shit? I thought, because, you know, I went into this recently knowing that Terrifier 2 is coming out soon. I thought that it was going to be revealed that that looks like a gag. Like, the, right, there's a, a blank in the gun. He pulls the trigger and he had something attached to the back of his head to make it look like he shot himself. Like, I've seen that done in movies before to where it's a fake suicide. I thought that's what was what we were getting at. But then the lights start flickering and I'm like, what the fuck is this? I do. I will say, though, the, uh, you know, there I like him riding around on the bicycle, but I also like just as much, if not more, when the bag is unzipped and he's got that psychotic grin on his face. Holy shit. That was creepy because it even it even stunned the corner. He's like, what the fuck? But uh, speaking of the corner. I know what I said earlier about the exterminator, but I take it back. This is the worst actor in the movie, or maybe it was the detectives um, that, or the whatever they are. That paramedic was pretty bad too. <laughs> These three people in this, you know, the three alive people other than Art in this final scene, as well as the exterminator, I want to nominate all of them for the worst actors that I've seen in 2020. Congratulations. But uh, you just re- like you wrecked what you had going for you in this film with the supernatural shit. I don't mean to keep harping on it because you guys have already beat, you know, driven the, the point home, but it just killed it for me. You didn't need it. And then 
We get the reveal. Oh shit. That's Victoria. Why? I don't care about her anymore. I don't I never cared about her. And so this is why I think it would have been much more effective. Like I said, had, uh, had uh tara been the final girl like have her survive all this horrendous shit then she might have a motivation to kill because she's seen some shit anyway a uh fitting ending to such a turd and that's as nice as i can be <laughs> i'm i'm real curious in what damien leone's going to do for terrifier 2 because i read the synopsis and it says that art was resurrected by a sinister entity not to debate y'all's uh, supernatural thing, but who? when did they have time to revive him? Because didn't they take him straight from the death scene to the coroner's office? Like, when did they have time to do that? So I'm curious of when, how they're going to write this. I agree. And when did they have time? But also, he had a fucking hole in the back of his head. Yeah. I don't care if he's revived. He's not going to have the strength to choke out the corner like that. To me, it feels like, to me, it feels like they got through this. I feel like this movie had to have had a different ending. And then they realized, holy shit, we have something with David Howard Thornton here. Let's just change the ending so we can make a sequel at the last minute. That's how I feel. Because yeah, this maybe. can't be the original vision. Or they're just being lazy with a revival to make a sequel. I, I don't know, or, honestly. Yeah. Yep. But I mean, I'm going to watch it, so we'll find out. But we got a few fan questions on Facebook. Uh, let's go with Sean's first, or let's go with Michelle's. Who is your girl? Who is your guy's pick for scariest clown in a horror movie, and why? Anybody want to go first? We can answer these kind of quick. Um, I'll go ahead and go. I'll go. go. I, this one, this one. Yep. He's creepy as fuck because all the things I just said. It's believable if you take the ending out. This is just some creepy pervert that lives in his mom's basement down the street from you. That's who Art the Clown is. He's just a freak who lives in your neighborhood. Pennywise Supernatural. This is this yeah, could be real. I agree. I agree with that. I agree, too. I agree. Pennywise just kind of toys with you a lot, too. Yep, I agree with it 100%. Everything outside of the very end, it, it's, to me, he's the creepiest clown in horror movies because of the real of the realism that he showed, you know, just being a true psychopath that likes to dress up as a clown. And, you know, kind of like Dustin said, Pennywise is an entity. It, it is an it, and it takes many different shapes, you know. Right. So, I mean, it kind of, you know, it kind of waters it down just a little bit. I, I do love Pennywise, but I, I, I have to go art. Like I, <laughs> there's not very many clowns in horror movies that scare me more than art. All right. Sean Irwin asks, what did art do better than Pennywise? And what did Pennywise do better? Does anybody want to hit that question? I mean, that, I feel like that that's a little hard. That's a hard question to ask because I mean, you're talking about, you know, Pennywise got two of I, hell, I gave the first one a 10. So it's two of the best movies I've ever seen to flush out a character, you know, after written it by a book. And Art the Clown's got, you know, a very, no no offense to, I don't know how you don't take offense to it. Sorry, Damien Leone. But, I, I mean, some of the worst writing I've ever seen for clowns. So that, that to me is really hard to compare the two in that regard. I think if you just compare the actors, I think they both did great. Yeah. Facial expression, yeah. acting. I think, I think they were both great. But one thing, we're not, I mean, one, one, it had way one, more money, cast, mm-hmm. everything. So, mm-hmm. yeah. One thing we're not going to do is pit two baddies against each other. They're both great in their own regard. But if you take all things into consideration, Pennywise was set up for much more success because of the movie. 
I was going to oh, say, yeah. 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 I, I agree with that. I agree with that 100%. And I'm not going to use this as an excuse or crutch, but I think David th- David said that they only had like a $50,000 budget for this movie. So, I mean, I mean, I'm not making an excuse, but they had nowhere yeah, but, near the money. I mean, it, shit, but most of the right, most of the stuff that we were fixing was free. I mean, like, you know, it wasn't yeah. the, well, I don't think it was the budget that was a problem. That's no, 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 no. They did good with what they had, in my opinion, as far as budget goes. Hey, you can tell Damien is a special effects guy, not really a writer guy. <laughs> all right, this is the last question. I think we'll all touch on this in our rating as well. But Dennis Kennedy, he actually commented first, but I wanted to go last with his. He wrote, this movie gets a lot of hate. I kind of like it and own a copy of the Blu-ray. What do you guys think is his major downfall? And I, we all said it, everything besides art, basically. <laughs> Yeah, basically. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah kind of yeah. Over. Script, <laughs> acting, all kinds of stuff is wrong with this movie, but not David Howard Thornton. <laughs> Who asked this question? Dennis Kennedy. Dennis, I'm sorry. I, you know, you own this movie. You enjoy it. Don't don't let me taint your vision of it. Enjoy what you enjoy. That being said, everything is wrong with this movie except for David Howard Thornton. Yeah, you should always like what you like and stand in the paint for it. I'm stoked standing in the paint for this movie as an enjoyable watch for me because of Art the Clown. There's a lot of bad in this movie that we kind of already touched on here. But if you enjoy it, you should say you enjoy it. That is why it's a guilty pleasure for me because I know the movie is, it is what it is as far as a movie. But I do enjoy it the same. That's the exact exact same way I feel about Jason X where I know this is a bad film. But there are certain things about it that I can and point to and be like, I like that. The kills in particular for both sets of movies. So that's why they were my uh, my two choices here. I went with Terrifier because we didn't have any Terrifier on this show. We have, we will get to Jason next, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Y'all ready to jump into fun facts? I only have three of them. Yeah, I don't have any. I said all mine. Okay. Yeah, all right. The scene in the pizza restaurant was originally meant to take place in a burger restaurant. But Damien Leone changed this when he realized that both Jenna Cannell and Catherine Corcoran, I want to say, I guess, are both vegetarian. Uh, The jack-o'-lantern shown in the pizza parlor is CGI. Director Damien Leone said he wanted the scene to have more of a Halloween feel to it, so he added it in post-production. And the last one I thought was pretty interesting. I didn't even pick up on this. At the beginning of the film in Monica's dressing room, there's a sign which reads, The end is just a new beginning. This foreshadows the ending reveal that this first scene, in fact, in fact, takes place after all the other events depicted in the film and that the unnamed deformed girl being interviewed is the final girl, Victoria. Uh, that's the only two fun facts I got. Mike, do you got anything? Yeah, uh, other than the money stuff, which I'll get to, but I just want to piggyback off of something you said real quick. I read that about, you know, Victoria kind of being in the beginning and we don't really get to see that fleshed out, though. And maybe that's what the sequel's for. I don't know. But kind of like we touched on here. Well, how about hinting to that a little bit better within the movie? Like that, I I didn't pick up on that until I read on it, to be quite honest. So. Victoria kind of looks like what Jason looks like after he takes his mask off in Manhattan, doesn't he? <laughs> yes. So as far as the budget, we, uh, we kind of touched on it. But it was $100,000, which is beans. Uh, in the movie world, that's just not great. But it, as far as it's gross, it's kind of hard to tell. Like, there's some limited release, got sold to Netflix, sold back, 
blah, 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 blah. Uh, some people estimated it that it ended up making $800,000 total. So it made its budget back, which is why uh, it, you know, there was clamoring for a sequel. The sequel actually doubled the budget within a week of, of crowdfunding. So we're going to get a higher budget, which David Howard Thornton talked about in the interview that you can go listen to at don'tgooutthere.com as I steal Brian's bit. And, uh, but I, I am looking forward to the sequel cause I, I'm hoping they can improve upon some things and maybe give the really solid character of Arthur clown, the movie that he deserves. And before we get into our favorite part of the episode, I'm just going to read off some references I wrote down that just stuck out to me. And I'll just get y'all's feedback. If y'all have any comments. Okay. Uh, I wrote the warehouse and the cars kind of gave me a wrong turn too. And House of Wax with Paris Hilton kind of vibe. Uh, there was the hostile like torture scene with Tara. The obvious Jason goes to hell style kill with Dawn. Uh, art dancing as a woman like Buffalo Bill. Uh, I wrote Saul and Saul 3 vibes when Victoria is in that broken down room with the exposed pipe. Then Art wraps her around her face the same way Adam um, or Amanda kills Adam with the plastic wrap. Uh, Victoria stabs through his foot, just like in The Hills Have Eyes. Uh, Victoria finds terror with lights and sign. I thought that was kind of like uh, when the guy in Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 got his head stomped. Did he get hung up in the in the strip, in the the strip club with lights all around him? Pretty sure that happened. Uh, Art riding the bike reminds me of Billy from Saul. Uh, the head stomp, Halloween 2, Rob Zombie. The ending where Art wakes up in the body bag, it was kind of like Halloween Resurrection. I that's just kind of, I don't know if that was intentional or not, but it just made me think of all those. Uh, if y'all have any comments or not, we can, if not, we can just move on. Hey, I do feel like there was, a, this had like a little bit of a horror movie's greatest hits vibe. I kind of picked up on that. I couldn't. And, and you brought up Octavia Spencer too, getting killed, uh, like in Rob Zombie's Halloween too. Right. right. There was definitely some, 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 yeah. you know, kind of like I said, some, uh, you know, play the some hits. Definite nods. Yeah. And, and, uh, uh, some of them were subtle, some of them not, but I do feel like most of them worked. I mean, how it's kind of hard to get completely inventive now. So I, you know, I kind of agree with you, Nico. I think you're right about a lot of those. Man, that Saul one was looked real. Yeah, yeah, obvious. Like the room was all busted. Then he used plastic wrap, just like Amanda. I was like, okay. Well, let's jump into our favorite kill, least favorite kill in the rating. Is brought to you by Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com and use our code don't go for 20% off and free shipping. Uh, my favorite kill I wrote besides Dawn's, I'm going with Will the Exterminator, the stab to the top of the head, and the decapitation I thought was pretty good. It looked good. Uh, least favorite I wrote besides the obvious corner, Tara. I mean, gunshots, that's pretty pretty weak. And Mike, I'm probably, I'm in your corner. I might even rate it a little bit higher than you. <laughs> I gave it a 6.5. Honestly, thought this movie stunk the first time I watched it. I really enjoyed it on a second viewing. Art is fantastic. David knocked his performance out of the park. He's creepy, menacing, and horrific. Kills are great, and the practical effects are top-notch. This is a grindhouse film, which I knew going into this second watch. The characters are all pretty stupid, typical horror horror characters. They're, they're the worst of the worst characters. The twist at the end wasn't anything special, and it bothered me. She was called Cat Lady. And she should have been called the doll lady. Uh, this isn't a masterpiece, but it's entertaining and action-packed. And I look forward to watching Terrifier 2. Go ahead, Brian. Um, 
All right. So my worst kill, I actually gave it to the cor- the corner. Um, you know, with his uh, take my strong hand child with his one hand strong arm choke choke out. Yeah, hated it. Um, my best kill and favorite kill, I kind of feel are two different things. I, I mean, I, I, it's very obvious to me. I may not care for it that much, but the best done kill obviously is the cut in half. I mean half the budget was probably spent on that one and they kept going back to it like two or three times as people found it. So it better look damn good. Um, but my favorite kill, I'm going to go with the pizza dude. Um, I mean, uh, not the jack-o'-lantern guy, but the, the one I showed on screen, it just, because it showed the brutality, um, early on. And, uh, that kind of stuck with me just because you didn't really get that with, with a lot of the, the kills and in, in the, uh, in the movie. Um, I'm not going to go back into a summary. I've kind of said my my bitches and nitpicks about this thing, you know, uh, throughout. Um, but uh, I gave this movie a four. I gave it a movie a four for the uh, the effects, um, the practical effects, and for David Howard Thornton. So for for my favorite kill, unpopular opinion, I guess, because how we typically write things on the show. But I really got hung up on that Jack Lantern kill just because the optics. I know it was off screen, but like I said, it worked because had they shown it, it wouldn't have been as shocking and it would have taken away from it. But I really like how that was done. Just the initial shock because we hadn't, you know, we got to see Victoria's face in that opening scene, but that's where you know that this movie is actually going to be brutal as hell. Uh, and so I pre, I, I really like that kill. My least favorite kill was the corner as well, because the ending just was so unnecessary with the supernatural shit. And then he's got a hole in his head and he's going to still have the strength to choke this corner out. I hated that shit Uh, for a rating. I went a little, uh, I went a little harsh on this one. It would have been even lower had it not been for David Howard Thornton. 2.75. Is that lower than I gave Jason takes Manhattan? I hope so. I don't even remember. That would be, that would be I think you gave it a 2.5. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. gave it 2.5. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's because it's the worst movie. Okay. Um, sorry. What did I say? Uh, okay. So my favorite kill. Look, the best, you know, kind of like Brian said, the best done kill is the uh, split in half. But my favorite is actually the same one as. As Dustin, this is a Jack Lantern kill. I, I love it. Hey. I love it in Halloween 2020, and I love it here, or, or 2018, and I love it here. Uh, I, I just think it works really well. I don't mind off-screen kills if they're effective like this one, and I think that one just really damn cool. Just a really cool visual that they put together there. So job well done on that. My my least favorite kill, and I'm surprised I'm the only one that had this, is Tara. Uh, I, I understand the surrounding you know, art getting mad and saying, fuck this, I'm just going to kill her with a gun. But I don't want that for my slasher villains. Like I, it's just a preference at this point. The effects look fine, but to, 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 to me, it's such a lame ass way to kill at that point. What is the main character? Just not a fan of the of of the writing of that. But uh, that, yeah, I, I picked I picked Tara too, Mike. Yeah, so you, so, and again, that well, that was my mistake. But no, you're good. That kill that. Him pulling that gun out was lame as hell. Yeah, no. And again, I get some of the thinking behind it, but it's just not for me. So overall, again, it was a guilty pleasure for a reason. I know what this movie is. I'm not going to go into it again, but I gave this movie a six, a flat six, and mostly because of David Howard Thornton as Art the Clown. And I, I hope, and I, you know, if he ends up listening to this, 
By the way, David, I really apologize if you feel like we were a little harsh here, but we gave you all all the flowers, and I think the crew deserves flowers too. Kind of like he said in our in our interview with him for for really working well on a tight budget with what they did with the effects and stuff, the makeup and all that. I think it's really really good. Uh, I even think it shot well for what you get, you know. Uh, so there's some good there, but the you know there are some bad. This movie has a really cool concept, kind of like Dustin said with Bones, where I think you, you could take some of the pieces and put together a much better film than what we got here. And I hope maybe they rectify some of that with Terrifier 2. I'm hopeful because I love the character of Art the Clown. Uh, but the ending, the ending of this movie drags it down a whole point for me. It, it really does. Because I get a lot of enjoyment out of seeing Art the Clown do his shit. And it just kind of, Ended up being a buzzkill for me. So uh, a flat six. I still enjoyed this movie though, and and I I could pop it at any time and find some enjoyment out of it. Yeah, I agree with you. What you said there. Uh, if he does listen to this, it was not a knock at him, uh, but the ending took it down a full point for me too. Uh, overall, though, the composite we had on this one was a four point eight one two five. Oh, that two dragging it down, brother. <laughs> little, little rough. A little tough. Can't believe I rated it the highest. <laughs> I really did hate this movie though the first time we watched it though. Good God. <laughs> but you know, when we watched this movie in February, now it's October. After about eight months, I let it settle in and I knew what I was getting myself. Anybody, if you listen to this this episode and you haven't watched this movie yet, do not go into it with the wrong expectations. And I think you'll enjoy it a little bit more. Agreed. That's just my opinion. It, it, you, this is a movie you kind of need to know a little bit about before you just go into it blind. Um, and I really think Damien Leone, he's, he's, I think he directed it pretty well. Uh, special effects, practical effects, awesome. I think if he just had a little help with the writing, I think I think it's got some real potential. Um, does anybody got any final thoughts on Terrifier? I'm good. I still think you should watch this movie at least once. That's my advice to you. Oh, yeah. I think you should definitely watch it at least once. Um, if nobody has any final thoughts, I'll announce my pick for guilty pleasure. Uh, going throwing it back to two thousand five, we're gonna re we're gonna watch the House of Wax remake with Paris Hilton and Chad Michael Murray, Jared Padalecki. It's got a pretty big star or star studded cast, and it's you know it's my guilty pleasure. I, it's gets a lot of shit, but I like it. Oh, that's hot. That's hot. <laughs> that's hot. Uh, just want to thank David uh, Howard Thornton one more time for coming on the show, doing an intro for us. We really appreciate it. Your interview was awesome, man. You were great. Absolutely. Uh, he kind of the, the movie rating honestly kind of got. If you do if you if a star from the movie comes on the show, I kind of give you a little bump just for that because we really appreciate the interviews to get your time. Uh, thank you again, David, and thank you to all the fans who listen and support us. We really appreciate that, and y'all have a good one. Just want to remind everybody.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.